Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this week Andy and I are finally home from what seemed like a super long road trip. And today we want to talk about that trip, kind of what we did and the projects that we were on and how we did those projects. So if you're in video production in any way, shape or form, this podcast is for you. This is the Filming with Josh podcast. Brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Before we dive into the podcast, I have a couple announcements I want to make. First, if you are not part of the Filming with Josh Facebook group, I want you to hop onto Facebook today and type in Filming with Josh and ask to join the group today. The Filming with Josh Facebook group is a great place to come and learn about video production, photography, editing, and the business that goes with it all. So if you're not a member, be sure to ask to join today. I also want to mention the upcoming outdoor film school that we're hosting on May 17th, 18th, and 19th in Wimberley, Texas. And if you have not signed up, there are signups available on my website at www.rusticriver.media. If you go to my website, you'll see a tab that says Filming with Josh. Click on that tab and you will see towards the top of the page where signups are for the film school. The cost is $1,200 with a $600 deposit to book. And this is an incredible film school. I'm super fired up to put it together. Um, In three days, I'm going to teach you how to create a video from concept to final production. We're going to be hands-on with a lot of equipment from gimbals and drones to cameras and sliders and so on and so forth. And in three days, we are going to have a little bit of classroom time. And then on the second day, we're going to start actually shooting a commercial for a working hunting ranch. And on the third day, we're going to finish shooting that commercial and then we're going to put it together there on site. So in three days, we're going to make a pretty incredible video and we're going to do it together as a team. It's a great way to come and learn and get hands on and get experience putting together a real project for a real working hunting ranch. So if you are interested in outdoor video production, this is a great place to come and learn. And I really hope to see you there. Andy, how long have we been on the road? Um, We were on the road for a week exactly, I think. A week and a day. A week and a day. Now, I've been on the road for way longer periods of time than that. I've been on the road for close to two months before. But for whatever reason, this week, (laughs) a little over a week, felt a lot longer than normal. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think... That's just because we were driving so much. Yeah. We went all over the place instead of our normal trips where we go to one client's, you know, ranch or some, you know, wherever the client is and stay there. Yeah, I totally agree. We we had to go to East Texas or actually, no, we started the trip by going straight to Louisiana. It was like a five and a half hour drive. It wasn't too bad, um, but we drove to Louisiana super early in the morning and we spent three days working on a project there. And then from there, we went to my parents' house, which is south of Dallas, about five and a half hours um, from where we were in Louisiana. And at my parents' house, we went to a bachelor party that was supposed to have been, or I went to a bachelor party that was supposed to have been in Dallas. But somehow, I ended up taking us to Top Golf Fort Worth because I guess I typed in the wrong, wrong Top Golf place. So then we had to go from Fort Worth to Dallas. Um, did the bachelor party, and then a couple days later, we left my parents and went to Crockett, Texas, in East Texas. And then from there, it was like we just kept running around all over the place. We went to Cayuga, Texas, and then back up to Fort Worth, and then finally 
back home. So we put, man, we put 1,500 miles or so on the truck, if not more than that. I mean, we were just driving all over the place. Um, and it kind of wore me out. I, I'm sure it wore you out too. Oh, yeah. I was definitely ready to be home. Yeah. You know, I think part of it too was because we were shooting at so many different locations and we were constantly having to chase light the entire time. We were always having to leave super early in the morning, like four in the morning to get from one place to the next so we could be there um, by the time day breaks. And so I think after like a week straight of doing that almost every day, it just takes a wear on you. Oh, yeah. I think it would be different if we were getting up like at a regular time. Mm -hmm. But when you're getting up before the sun, when you're like living your life around the sun. Yeah. You know, and, and when I whenever we do like hunting projects, that's not really a big deal. I mean, obviously, you get up way before daylight and I'm totally used to doing that. But what made this one particularly hard was every time we would go somewhere, we would have to re unpack all of our gear and set up, shoot pack it all back up and head somewhere else, re-unpack it and do do it all over again. So unlike where you're waking up at a place to film a hunt or something and you're just going to get breakfast, top, you know, toss some coffee in your thermos and head out the door, we were like working from the moment we got up nonstop and it just kind of wears you out a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think that like maybe not everyone does this, but I know that you unpack every single thing that you have, mm -hmm. like unpack it from the truck every place that we go right. because you're really concerned about theft, which as you should be because it's like expensive gear. But um, I think not everyone does that, but that makes it a lot longer for us. It does. One of the things that I really want to get is a Diamondback bed cover. I really feel like that would stop some of that. Um, they're a little pricey. I think the one I want by the time I deck it completely out, it's going to be like $1,500, $1,700, something like that. Yeah, and you're giving me a look like <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want it. I'd rather unpack. <laughs> You'd rather, well, you say that now. But, you know, the thing about the be that bed cover is you can leave a lot of the gear in the truck rather than have to unpack it all all the time. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, I until I get that, I'm and even when I have it, I'm still going to be concerned because even though we have insurance, it's still a ton of equipment. And it's all put together and set up. And man, it would just be a nightmare if something happened to that. No, I, I know. And that's why I don't complain, or at least I don't think that I do. Whenever, <laughs> you know, it's whatever, 4 a.m. and we're packing, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would rather get up early and do that than end up losing your gear. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Andy, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what we're doing? And, and I have to mention, this is actually our second time recording this podcast. We recorded this podcast mm -hmm. on the road. It was a really good podcast, but uh, there was so much road noise on our lav mics and we got home. I, I tried everything I could to salvage the audio, but I just didn't think it was worth posting because I think the road noise would have drove people crazy. So we're actually having to redo this, but why don't you for the second time tell everybody um, about what we were doing on this trip? Sure. So we did two different shoots, like we've said. We did the first one was a lifestyle real estate shoot in Louisiana for a um, large like, lakefront. I would call it an estate. You know, like a. He called it the the lake or the fishing cabin, but it was more like the fishing mansion. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and so that kind of thing really needs something to showcase it more than just iPhone pictures or you know more than just a regular house like what we live in it needs it needs something to really show everything that you get you mentioned lifestyle a real estate lifestyle project can you elaborate for our audience what that is 
So Josh and I, we typically call the real estate stuff that we do lifestyle shoots because we don't ever really do like a regular $200,000 home or something like that. We do homes um, or properties that come with a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So this one, it's for people who are like, have salt water in their veins, kind of. They live on the lake on, um, what was the name of the lake? It was Moss Lake. So yeah, it's just out of Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, Not too Mm -hmm. far out of Texas, really. Um, but the lake is a saltwater lake, Moss Lake is, and it kind of connects up to Lake Charles and connects up and to then, the Gulf. Yes, yeah, so it yeah. like leads to the ocean. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, while we were there, and as you'll see in the video whenever it comes out, uh, the person who lives there is per- as someone who's going to have a boat and who's going to be fishing every day, someone who's going to be driving their boat to the casinos. You can drive and pull right up to the casinos that are in Lake Charles um, and park your boat on the beach. And so... It's just a, it's a really special place to be and it, it deserves more of a story. Yeah. So the story aspect, I think is kind of what we do. I I want to say we've done like a ranch video, um, for real estate where we did literally tell a story, but I guess what a lifestyle real estate video to me is, is you're like you said, you just want to show the lifestyle and whoever buys this place or whoever's going to be interested in buying it, they're either buying it for themselves, like they're going to retire or something like that, or they're buying it because they have clients and they want to um, send their clients there, or maybe it's just a weekend place for them. Obviously it's not something that, um, most people can afford to purchase. Um, because I, I don't know if we said the asking price yet, but it was like one point, yeah, it was 1.7 million. Yeah. And so, you know, that, there's only a certain percent of people that can purchase something like that. Um, so what we want to do is when we create these real estate videos, rather than just show some shots of the house and the property, we want to show, hey, if you are interested in buying a place to retire at or a place to go to on weekends or a place to take your clients, like this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. Like this lifestyle is what comes with this house you buy this place you're not just buying a house you're buying access to some of the best red fishing um, areas in all of you know the gulf coast you're buying access to literally like you said pull up on a beach at a casino and literally walk from your boat and go gamble and drink and eat burgers and or really nice food if you want you're buying that you're buying the ability to uh, have a lot of i mean i think i think there's four bedrooms but um I think you said it, you counted it, it could sleep 12 people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they have four rooms, a master bedroom, another room that was a little bit smaller than the master bedroom, and then two rooms that had four bunk beds each in them. So, I mean, there's, you can invite a lot of people down too and host different, you know, get togethers and things like that. So like all of that is what you're really buying when you buy that place. And so these real estate lifestyle projects are just all about capturing that lifestyle and it takes a little bit of work and we were there what two three days something like that it wasn't too bad yeah and we captured all different kinds of shots from people fishing to literally shots of us pulling up at the beach uh and going to the, going and getting um food at the restaurants by the casinos and we filmed um after we filmed the fishing we filmed um filleting the fish there at the docks and grilling the fish outside and having um, a campfire at their fire pit outside and having people drinking wine at the campfire and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, it takes a little while to get that amount of content, doesn't it? 
Oh, yeah, it absolutely does. Um, why don't you tell them, you're talking about like the different story aspects of it. Why don't you tell them how we storyboarded that? Yeah, so kind of how we do a project like this. And again, this is not like these types of projects are only for going to be for those houses selling in the one million plus dollar range. Um, and typically when you do a project like this, it's not the real estate agent who's paying for it. You might occasionally get a real estate agent to pay for a project like this, but most of the time, um, our experience, in fact, every single time our experience has been the landowner or estate owner has hired us directly to make this for his or her real estate agent. Um, and so what we do is we, to kind of come up with our concept of how we're going to shoot it is we either have sit down in person or have like a FaceTime message or even just a long phone call with the client to find out, you know, what are, what makes this place really special? What makes the area special? What's unique to it? And we find out things like, um, about the, being able to boat up the casinos. We find out about local airports that are within five minutes of, of the area. We find out about, um, access that's directly off of Highway I-10 and all these different things. And we find out all the aspects that just really make not just the property special, but the whole area special. And then once we get all that information, we then create a shot sheet. And we actually shared that shot sheet um, online on the Filming with Josh Facebook group. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen that yet, you can scroll back to last week or so. And on there, you will see where we shared our um, our shot sheet. And essentially we, we start creating on the way up there shots that we think we're going to get. Okay. We know we want to get shots of the local airport. We know we want to get shots of, um, redfish, uh, fishing for redfish and other fish. We know we want to get shots of the house and inside the house and outside the house and all these other things. And we write all those down. And then when we get to the place, um, we expand upon that shot list because we see things that we maybe didn't find out on the phone from our client. And we're like, man, we really got to show that. Like, man, that would make the sun is going to rise literally right over the lake. We got to get a sunrise time lapse and things like that. And so we just create a really long shot list that incorporates all these different unique factors about that place. And then once we have our shot list together, we then kind of pick our timing. Typically for a project like this, it takes about three days. We want to spend one day shooting just the house. Uh, maybe you spend the morning shooting interiors and the evening shooting exteriors. Interiors, we might use a gimbal going through different rooms of the house um, with the gimbal and kind of flying the gimbal through the house and showing um, so, so we can cut it with a voiceover later and they could say over here we got a bar and we got this kitchen and all these other things. And we use a slider to do that as well for certain shots. So we might spend a morning doing interiors and of the house. We might do the evening doing exteriors of the house with aerial shots and things like that. And that's one whole day. Um, and then the second day we might spend uh, doing some of the location stuff. Okay, let's go shoot the local airport. Let's get a water tower of the nearby uh, shot of the nearby town. Let's get shots of all the different neighborhoods that surround it and maybe some wildlife shots if we want to talk about, you know, how unique Louisiana is and all those things. And then the third day is kind of spent doing all the lifestyle stuff, fishing, catching redfish, um, boating up to the casinos, eating a burger at a local bar and things like that. And so we have a shot list that incorporates all those things. And then we break it down to what days and what mornings and evenings we're going to dedicate um, to those times. And it's a lot of work and it takes a ton of time to shoot all that, doesn't it, Andy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know that I think too, one of the things 
that we really try to do with these lifestyle shoots is we try to make them really pretty, these lifestyle real estate projects. And so we try our best and we don't always get this luxury, but we really try to shoot in pretty lighting. Um, it could be cloudy and if there, if it is and you have to get the job done, you have to get it done. But we try our best to shoot in really pretty morning light and evening light. Um, so we're, you know, we're every morning, we're up bright and early before the sun's up getting ready to um, shoot different shots and whatnot. And we typically take some time off in the middle of the day to look at shots we've already captured and write down, check things off our shot sheet and maybe write down new things or things we want to change. Um, so we have some downtime during the day to kind of do all that, but we're shooting pretty heavy the first three hours, four hours even in the morning and the last three plus hours in the evening. Um, and some of the stuff we did shoot during the day, like we went to the casinos during lunch hour and whatnot, uh, cause it just made sense, but it's a lot of work. And, but whenever you get it all shot and you get home, you have so much content to choose from and to work with. And then at that point we kind of lay that content out in a, in a format that makes sense, like located and just outside of Sulphur, Louisiana is the Redfish Lodge. And, um, we talk about the lodge and all this other stuff. And then we'll talk about what activities are there and all these different things. And then we'll, after we put that together, we'll go in and write a voiceover for it that kind of matches everything. So it's an intricate process and it takes about seven days to do everything. Um, about three days of shooting, um, three days or so of editing and about a day of driving, um, you know, half a day up there and half a day back. So you've got easily seven, maybe even eight days in a project like that. But why don't you tell them, Andy, a little bit about some of the, what you feel like were some of the better things that we shot that will really help sell this place? Um, I think, I mean, the foundation for the whole video has to be the gimbal shots of the um, property. To me, that and the drone shots of the outside. You think so? I do, because I think all of the other stuff that we shot, it's really pretty and it's really important for selling the lifestyle, but you can't have property without the property that's a great point so um and they were just really well done i really liked some um nice long continuous shots of the rooms and then um the drone footage was beautiful and um we've put that out on facebook as well because we just really loved yeah, one, how one of the drone shots one of them just came out really well um and I, I i have to mention that shot so this is also on the filming with josh page um if you haven't seen this shot yet but i loved how that shot worked out it was a freak accident i like to when I fly my drone, I try to think of ways that I can fly it that are different than your typical drone shot. Of course, there's going to be your typical drone shot um, where you're getting kind of higher to show different parts of the property. But I really like to think of my drone sometimes as a jib or a dolly. And I like to hug really close to objects or surfaces um, or fly through things even so I can really have a, um, I don't know, just really a different dynamic. And so for this drone shot I posted on Facebook, which I'm thinking might be the final, I'm probably gonna use it as the ending shot of the video, but I was pulling my drone, I had flown it over the house and I was really low. I knew I was gonna be like right over the roof and their roof kind of, I don't know how to describe this on a podcast, but it, it had like multiple levels. And so I wanted to fly my drone over the roof where it was just above one level and just to the side of another. So like hugging a corner almost um, over the center of the house. And so I flew it back at sunset and came right over the roof to reveal the house and the drone. I mean, it was so close to the roof. It was like a foot away from it. 
um, which is scary because I have my sensors off to allow me to do that. And with your sensors off, it's easier to crash. But we went over the roof and revealed the house. And as I was coming over the roof of the house, I noticed that the fishing guide was walking up this. It's not a spiral staircase, but it's just like a, I don't know. What would you call that? A regular staircase. It was just like a staircase that like went up from the side first and then went up straight um, because the house is on stilts. Mm -hmm. And so we pulled back and it just so happens to be that the fishing guide was walking up the stairs right in the middle of them, getting ready to go inside the house. The timing could not have possibly been better. It so looked scripted and revealed him going into the house as I was pulling away from the house at the same time. And the whole entire time I was doing that shot, once I saw him, I instantly got nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, this is a money shot. Don't mess up. Don't move your controller. Don't bump anything. Just stay smooth. And somehow I managed to get a really smooth shot out of it. It was personally my favorite shot out of the whole trip. But you're right. Like the interiors and exteriors, I truly believe are going to be a big selling point for the house. What about the fishing stuff? How did you feel about the fishing stuff we captured? I thought it was really good. I think it'll really add to the essence of the video and what we're trying to convey that this is um, an experience that some people get every once in a while, but you could have it every day. Absolutely. And you actually got to fish. I got, I did get to fish. I was so jealous. I got to reel in a lot of fish because the guy kept giving me the pole. One of them you did catch. One of them I caught by myself. Kind of. <laughs> you. He handed you the pole. You had just casted um, and you were popping your lure and he snagged a fish and he gave you the reel so you could reel it in um because he does he's a guide he does that every day and he was going to let you reel it in and then right as you were reeling it in you looked over and realized a fish had bit um bit your lure i found that really stressful it was supposed to get like your like i don't know words because that was the second time i've ever fished before blows my mind so you're like get your real like together real quick before i mean like real quick real quick (laughs) it's just stressful because meanwhile this guy's like fighting some little fish on his and he's trying to give you the pole but then you have to get your reel in and anyway it was stressful but um you caught two yeah you reeled his in i caught a flounder yeah yeah no uh i caught a trout you caught a trout i caught a trout trout. we caught flounder and trout and redfish Mm mm-hmm yeah, and we saw some stingrays, some alligators, and uh, some gar. We saw some pretty cool stuff. Like, Yeah, that was crazy. We did see a stingray in the marshes of Louisiana. <laughs> it, yeah. That poor little thing was lost. No. Oh, and we home. saw a regular alligator, too. Yeah, we did. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was really cool, like watching you reel in one fish. Meanwhile, your pole's laying on the boat, and you've hooked another one. And you're, he was like, get your other bowl. And you're like reel, trying to reel in one fish so you can go reel in, in the other one. Yeah. I was so jealous though. I didn't get, I could have fished, um, but I didn't because it was, we're still a little early for the for fishing season to really take off on the coast yet. And it was also really windy the day that we filmed the fishing stuff, which we had to film it that day because it was the best day we had for fishing while we were there. But we didn't, even though we caught fish, we didn't catch as much as we would have liked. And what we really wanted was a money shot of him, of the fishing guide, or you, either one, catching a really good sized redfish. And so I didn't get the fish because I waited all day for that redfish moment to happen. And it finally happened, but not until literally the end of the day, the sun was setting and he said, guys, I'm wore out. Like, 
it's just been a brutal day. The fish aren't biting too great because the conditions aren't great. And I've only got two casts left of me. And if I don't catch one on one of these two casts, we're done and we're going back in. And no sooner he say that, he caught it on his first of the mm-hmm. last two casts. And uh, so I finally got to get that on camera. But, I mean, there went on my whole opportunity to fish. I was so jealous of you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was also really nice because, and this is a perk of the job, he, we ate some of the fish. We cooked some of it for the video. And uh, that was fun. And he he cooked it really well. He's from that area, so the fish was amazing. But he also gave us all the rest of the fillets. So we took a ton of fish home with us. We did. I am so fired up to eat that. Yeah, I can't wait. But I think that the fishing stuff will really help sell the place, honestly, because, I don't know, it it reminds people, like, yeah, you're getting this really beautiful house, but look at what you could do here. Like, you could step outside of your back door and be in some of the best fishing areas in all louisiana or all the gulf coast really i mean it's amazing fishing down there um so i think personally i think that that's going to be a big selling point for the video but i uh why don't you tell everybody about our near drone disaster are you sure because i know you love this story no you tell it you tell it better than i do i don't think so um so we boated up to the casinos as i told you and on the way back uh, there's this really large bridge and Josh's like, hey, I want to fly the drone under the bridge. So chasing we, the boat. Chasing, well, let me get to it. So we lift off the drone from the boat, from the boat in the water. And, um, Which seems it, perfectly normal to me, but not to you. It seems really stupid to me. <laughs> and um, we get moving at a really good speed. Our drone can go pretty fast and go 45 miles per hour. Um, I don't know how fast we were going. I think 35 or something like that. Maybe 40. Something. Maybe 40. Yeah. Um, and we're flying and um, I am watching the drone and Josh is watching his screen. And my job is to make sure that it doesn't hit passing ships because we're in a ship channel. You're my spotter. I'm the spotter. Yeah. Um, which is really hard sometimes because... It's hard to tell, you know, how close the bridge is to the drone. Plus, we both have two different, like, levels of comfortableness. Like, I'm willing to fly close to objects and and be risky because I know that if I can get the shot I'm after, it's going to look awesome. You are way more conservative, and you're thinking about the $500 deposit we're going to have to pay if we crash the drone. Yeah, that and, like... I don't know, everything else, like the shoot that we had after that. And, you know, like you're going to Alaska and you need to need the drone. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway. Um, or deductible, not deposit. My bad. Anyway. Whatever. Um, so we're going under the drone. Whew, we made it under under the drone, under the bridge. We didn't hit the bridge. We didn't hit any ships. I'm like, great. We're in the clear. No. But right then the drone like jerks to the left and then it jerks to the right. And it looks like someone is, you know, like, throwing it around there's something wrong with it and then it's like going up and it's going down and josh starts freaking out and because he's freaking out i'm freaking out because i was already nervous because we're flying a very expensive piece of equipment over and which is by the way discontinued we found out since then um i think it's because there's a new we have a phantom 4 pro plus mm-hmm. and all the phantom 4 pros have been discontinued and i think it's because they're getting ready to come out with a new model so this is like a relic this is like you're not coming you're not coming back you know from this but anyway so (laughs) it's flying all over the water and jerking around and we can't figure out 
how are we going to get it down? And so we get our little guide is driving the boat. Stop. Okay, try and get under it. And he's like kind of, we're zigzagging all over the channel, like trying to get. chasing the drone. Literally chasing the drone. And Josh throws me the controllers. And I don't know how to use these controllers. I'm not normally allowed. And... (laughs) So I'm trying to make it go down, make it go down. And I'm like, it's not working. And we're just all like yelling and cussing and just getting mad. And oh, some words were said. And um, finally, <laughs> and by the way, our guide was like a helicopter pilot in the military. Like yeah. this guy's sharp. Okay. Finally, we get close enough. And I thought Joshua was about to jump over. Josh is not an amazing swimmer, but I no. thought he was going to jump over the side of the boat and grab this drone time. and they were going to go down together. <laughs> like a movie or something but no the our little guide he gets up and really gently he just plucks it out of the air yep and but that was like after like 10 minutes of chasing this thing yes so it was a really stressful the battery 10 was running out and that wasn't as stressful as like five minutes later when josh decides I think it's probably okay. Let's put it back in the air over the water. <laughs> well, we came all that way to get really good shots. And after I got it back, it turned it back on. It looked okay. So our guide was like, are you crazy? Like he thought we were so stupid. I think he jinxed us because he, he asked me if I'd name the drone yet. I called him. I told him no. He suggested we name it Cyclops. And I didn't like that. I was like, well, if we're going to name it, we're going to call it White Hawk. So if it ever crashes, we'll say White Hawk down. And I believe genuinely, two like, hours later. like two hours later, that's when that happened. And I think I jinxed, he jinxed me. But um, I was freaking out. Not Well, there's two reasons, three reasons, really. Number one, a dip in the salt water, you're not coming back from that. Mm-mm. My drone, I've been a little too... A dip too, in any water, you're not coming back. Well, not necessarily true, because I did crash it once, and I flew it past, like, I had 10% battery life yet, but I was like, oh, 10%, I got this. Yeah, no. Once you get to 10%, you need to land it. And I didn't land it, and I was in a creek in Oklahoma, and it fell out of the sky. And it was only like 15 feet up in the air, but still, it fell, hit the hit the ground, and then rolled into a creek. And uh, it, was, it still flew after that. It's amazing. Um, but this thing, like a dip in the salt water, you're not coming back from that. And we're in the middle of Sulphur, Louisiana. Like, the Lord knows how far we'd have to go to find a place that sells another drone. You know, maybe Best Buy or Walmart, but where in the, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like, just seems like if it crashed, we were going to be up creek without a paddle. We had to have it for this shoot and for the next shoot. And why are you laughing? (laughs) Up creek, like up a regular creek without a paddle. (laughs) I've just never heard anyone say it without the shit. (laughs) Oh. Sorry. Andy, this is supposed to bend. I know, it's a family podcast. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> we need to bleep that out. So we I was freaking out because of that, because I knew like if it crashed, that was it. I don't know how far away we are from getting another one. And then also, we're religious about dumping footage. Every day we dump footage. However, we had just shot all the casino stuff, and it all looked really good. And that was all on that card that the drone was you know that was in the drone and i was afraid of losing that content too so it's pretty nerve-wracking but we later found out though this is interesting we got a call from the guide a few days after the shoot was over with and he said hey man i just wanted to tell you i found out what was happening i was talking to a friend of mine that works in the wheel field over there and he said that um, chevron and a few other places have um, have plants right there where we were and they have these jammers that won't that will jam frequencies 
of things like drones so that you will not fly over and get intel from what all they're doing. And so he said that um, normally what happens if someone flies an aircraft like that and a Marin aircraft pretty close to there, they'll jam it and drop it right where it is. And he said it was, it was a miracle we even got it back to begin with. So as far as I'm concerned, we did pretty good getting it. Yeah. Public service <laughs> announcement to all our dromies. Yeah. Drone homies. I really, I've been, I've been sitting on that one for a minute. Um, make sure that you're not close to any big power plants or anything because there is potential that you will lose your drone. Well, if they're calling themselves dromies, they deserve to lose their drone. <laughs> but that was pretty much the shoot. I mean, we, we spent three days there and we captured just all kinds of different content. And I really like how it turned out. You know, one of the things... If you're ever going to do a real estate lifestyle shoot like we're talking about, I think some suggestions would be, first off, like definitely talk to the landowner before you go. Obviously, if the landowner's the one hiring you, you're going to talk to them anyway, but pick their brain. Ask them all the things, like what made them buy that place? You know, Why did they buy it? Find that out and write down all the things that make it really unique, really special. Come up with a really extensive shot sheet and uh, don't be afraid to, to have a pretty big goal and I mean, shoot for the stars and you land on the moon type of thing. And don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> but seriously, and like, you know, even if you can't get to every shot on your shot, lead, shot sheet, have it there so you'll at least continue to work towards that. And, you know, just one of the things that makes it easier for me is I shoot with multiple cameras. So I had my FS7 set up ready to film from my shoulder for the fishing stuff. And also... Um, during like the, during the day, I had it sitting on a tripod, so anytime I needed to get a panning shot or anything like that, I'd just grab that setup. And then I had my A7 III with a uh, wide lens on my gimbal at all times. So anytime I wanted a gimbal shot, I'd just run and turn it on and shoot with it. And then I had my A7R III was most of the time had a 24 to 70 on it, and it was sitting on, um, if not that, I had a 25 millimeter Zeiss Battis on it, prime lens, but. I typically had it sitting on the slider at all times. So anytime I want a slider shot, I just grab that setup and go. And I would occasionally take that off the slider and bring it in the backpack with me when we go on the boat. But my point is, is I always had like always had a drone ready to go. I always had a gimbal ready to go. Always had a slider ready to go, and always had a, a tripod set up with my shoulder mountable camera ready to go. So I could I could just run and gun really fast. I'm not spending time having to set my slider up or set up my gimbal or set up this or set up that and i find that by having multiple setups um, ready to go at all times it just makes it easier because you can just grab your grab whatever you need for that one shot get that shot set it down and move on to the next one and because i always tell people this there are three things i feel like that make um that are challenges for videographers that make our lives kind of hard i think the first one is time you're always stressed for time there's never enough time in the day, never enough time on a project. The second one is lighting. You are constantly chasing light, always wanting to have the best light possible. So in which if you're doing natural light only occurs every so many hours a day. And that's if you have a non cloudy day. And then the third thing is, and this is a topic for another day, but the third thing that I feel like is challenging for videographers is I think we're, we have a very misunderstood business a lot of times. I think that people often don't understand what all goes into a video like this or any type of video, really. Um, it's a lot more work than you think. And then when a client sees what all you have to do, then it kind of clicks. But getting them to understand that beforehand is kind of challenging. But that's a that's a topic I'll cover later on. 
But for like a lifestyle shoot like this, the first two challenges were very evident. We were constantly pressed for time and we're constantly chasing light. But if you can make it work and you're able to move really fast and get shots really fast, you could put together a really good looking project. And I personally think this is gonna turn out great. And uh, the cool thing is, is we, sh we shot like 265 gigabytes of footage, which may sound like a lot, but it's really not that much because the FS7 shots, uh, it shoots at really high bit rate. So it's not as much as you think it is, but it's still quite a bit of content. And we're gonna get to whittle that down to like three minutes or so. And uh, I think it's gonna be like an awesome three minutes of, of content, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's just glad she's not the one having to edit it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was, uh, that was our Redfish Lodge lifestyle real estate shoot. What, uh, what was the other project we did? The other project was for the same client um, who owns, so the same person who owns the Redfish Lodge owns Cowboy Trailer Sales. Yep. A um, hor it's horse trailer. It's a horse trailer business, um, but it's kind of a lot more than that too. I realized once we were going around that they also sell. Um, cat I'm not in this industry, so I don't want to say anything wrong. But cattle trailers and like overnight. This is for like rodeoers. These are for um, ranchers. These are for like anyone who um, might even need to travel with their horses, like trainers and. Um, things like that. And uh, we got to do a lot of really cool stuff yeah. um, with this shoot as well. Yeah. And Josh mentioned we got to go to Fort Worth earlier and um, we got to go to a cutting horse competition. I've never seen that before, but it was really fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and just see kind of all of the situations that these trailers might be used. Yeah, so Cowboy Trailer Sells, like you said, sells like what what I would call like an everyday trailer, which is just for transporting <laughs> horses or things like that, cattle maybe. Um, and then they sell um, overnight trailers, which basically they're kind of like an RV, but like a high-end mm -hmm. RV, high-end RV with a- Like leather seats. And <laughs> yeah, with a horse trailer in the back. Yeah, and with your horses. <laughs> yeah, so, and they're pretty dang cool. Um, very unique product for a niche market, mm -hmm. but there are definitely people out there who need this product. And so Cowboy Trailer Sales is essentially a dealer of um, different horse trailers like Murhauser. Isn't that, does that correct? Oh gosh, I think it's Murhau. I don't know, we're probably butchering Dang, that. we were like so we were on just, top we of it whenever we filmed this the first time, because Platinum. Platinum is another one. Yeah. Yeah, we should stop over it. And this, industry like in this job i feel like we have the most random knowledge like we would be amazing at trivia because we know all the weirdest stuff yeah because we've done all these videos so this kind of that kind of goes a little bit back to what i said one of the challenges are and videography is that it's kind of a misunderstood business and i think that kind of what you just said kind of plays on that a tad like one of the things that people don't understand is when you get hired when someone hires you to do a job like uh, a 60 second video for a trailer company like we did, and, and the end goal for this video is to be played on Facebook and Instagram um, but the and their website, but the main goal for this video is to be played at rodeos like the Fort Worth Rodeo and things like that um, on the different screens that they have there. That's the ultimate end goal for this video. But when we do products like this or videos like this, for different businesses, whether it's a plastic surgeon or a dentist or an insurance agent or a horse trailer business, 
we have to learn a lot about that business before we can ever make the video. You can't just show up and shoot random things. I mean, you can, but you're not going to do a good job of marketing that company. In order to do a good job of marketing that company, you have to you have to learn things about it and understand things about it. And so every time we get a job like this, part of our job is learning a lot about that company so we can kind of speak the lingo a little bit and so we can understand like how their business works, who their target market is, um, how they got started, how what marketing things have worked for them in the past, what things have they tried, what things haven't they tried, and all these different things so that we can actually have an effect, do an effective job of marketing that company. And so like you said, we have this kind of wealth of random knowledge, and we forget some of it. We may not remember the names <laughs> of all the trailer trailers, but we we understand a lot more about that business now, and we've got a lot of knowledge of that from a lot of different industries. And honestly, Andy, I think that's really neat and one of the one of the things I really like about our business. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. We get to have a lot of experiences that are unique to different people. Yeah, and we can hold up a conversation with a lot of different people because we've had those experiences. Oh, yeah. I can totally talk cutting. Yeah, you can. We may never be millionaires, but at least we'll have got to know a lot about people who are millionaires <laughs> or people who um, have really unique businesses. And mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. But why don't you tell them a little bit about what our concept for this 60 second video was so we sat down first and wrote a script that was like a rough draft yeah and then place with placeholders because this is before we actually met with the client in person okay and then we went and met with our client in person yeah and they were able to point out you know things that were specific to their industry that we wouldn't have known like different words that were better or like concepts that were better so um in the end we had this 60 second commercial that was it really highlighted the toughness of the people that would be using these trailers, how hardworking they were, and then you know, kind of it's a kind of a metaphor and um, aligns with how tough and hardworking these trailers are. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think our original script was uh, played a little bit more on the tough thing and like how hardworking a lot of these ranchers and stuff are, but I we think... we ended up cutting some some of that down because we, I mean, honestly, we didn't know entirely what we were doing when we wrote the original script but we had an idea of a concept and then when we met with a client we changed some of that up um, to fit what their business actually represented yeah i think the original script kind of like brought it to a deeper level and made it like more legendary yes um and then the final script didn't do that as much because that didn't fit the client's needs as much so i actually have the voiceover right here and I'm looking through it and basically it's just 60 seconds on the dot and it basically just talks about how their family's been in the business for um, the horse business for 50 years and how they spanning three different generations and we kind of wanted to capture that so like when the, when we talk about being in the horse trailer business for 50 years we're going to show some old they're going to send us some home videos I love that you know um, I always like showing using our content when we do marketing pieces but to me that's kind of like documenting the past and so i really i really like that so they're going to send us some home video footage of them cutting um horse do, I, I don't even know how to say that without butchering it i think it's <laughs> you know what i was like, cut, cutting, cutting butchering something like that funny um, but we're going to show we're going to show that um through the in the first part of the 
commercial and then when we talks about spanning three generations we've got like a shot of the third generation one of the um daughters of the current owner of the company um trailering a horse and when it talks about um the constant pursuit for dependability and we have shots that show that off or we talk about reliable horses and trustworthy tools and we've got a trailer in the background and a guy's throwing a saddle on a horse and um we show it talks about like the everyday trailers and the overnight trailers and so like we show for the everyday trailer we got an aerial shot of someone driving one of their every just a normal trailer horse trailer down the road on a highway and then for the overnight trailers we've got this really cool sliding shot inside of one of those overnight trailers that shows off kind of how luxurious and well made they are followed up by a shot of a girl reading a cutting horse magazine and rolling over and turning off the lights, going to bed. And she was laying in the bed to, to demonstrate that it was an overnight trailer. And we uh, talk about like their new and used trailers and custom built trailers. And we've got shots of those that we got from an aerial shot. And it talks about like when the going gets tough, our repair center will keep you on the road and in the saddle, which I thought was a really cool um, line that we wrote. And we, we shot that by just showing someone working on and repairing one of the trailers, and then you are smirking at me. Why? Okay, you don't want to answer. <laughs> You're so goofy. And then we also talk about um, the last kind of the, the last line. Just talks about how um, it is our belief that dependability and quality go hand in hand, which is why we've had our customers' backs for decades the same way they've had ours. And so to showcase that, we've got the owner of the company um, shaking the hand of someone. Um, I just bought a trailer from them and kind of grabbing their shoulder at the same time, which is a really good job of literally showing hand in hand. And so and we've just got some really cool shots and wrote this really cool 60 second video. And um, and I feel like what what our vision was for this was to just demonstrate kind of who, where they came from and showcase the how this has been a part of their business or a part of their family for a long time and how multiple generations are working in this business and then showing how tough the trailers are, what their trailers do and how that they've had, they always have their customers backs. And so it's a really cool 60 second piece and we've already just about finished the rough cut on it. It looks really good, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I think it looks really good. I think it's going to be a good little commercial. Yeah, exactly. And they had another one before this. I think when you go into a video like this, you need to look at what they already have and kind of figure out like how can you either replace that or how can you uh, complement that. And I feel like for this video, we wanted to complement a previous video they had done. They had a couple videos made in the past, but their main one is a 30 second ad that they had played at the different rodeos and on their website and whatnot. And this 30 second video was almost more like an infomercial, like Cowboy Trailer Sales located in Crockett, Texas. We sell this, 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 and this. Come buy from us today type of thing. And it's not bad at all, um, but rather than replace it, what we wanted to do was design something that was different that maybe complemented it. So they already have an infomercial type of thing. So why don't we give them a lifestyle branding video? Oh, I'm going back to that whole lifestyle thing that we talked about for our redfish shoot, real estate shoot, but it's kind of in a way it was like the theme of the week. It was kind of like the theme of the week because in a way it was a it is a lifestyle like to be yeah. in that business. It's a it's a different lifestyle than most people are used to. So it's like a, you're branding that lifestyle and letting people know that you are one of them. And so if you buy from our company, you are buying from someone who is just like you. And I feel like that's a really great marketing component. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So one thing that you have to understand about our client is that 
he is a part of an intergenerational family that has been doing things in the horse business uh, for years. They've been ranchers, they've been working cows, they've been um, cutting horses, and or I don't know if that's I said that right, but um, and they've been showing horses and things like that, and so he knows the needs of his clients and that's what he's trying to get across is his lifestyle matches theirs. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think, I think a video like, like there's places, um, there's a lot of great reasons to have like an infomercial. There's places for that. Um, but there's also a really good place I feel like for branding videos. And that's something that we really like to do for companies because it kind of reflects who they are and lets people know that they, they get them and they get their world and their lifestyle. So I think that these make for really good marketing tools for companies. But yeah, I think that we did a pretty good job with the project though. We got some really cool aerial shots of them uh, working cattle and we got really cool shots of um, the outside of their dealership per se. I guess you call it a dealership. And so I, I don't know, I feel really confident. I think this video is gonna come together really well. The rough cut, we've already rough cut it. It looks really good. So I'm pretty excited to get this out there. In fact, both of these videos will be done this week, believe it or not. Um, simply because I'm leaving for Alaska next Thursday, the 11th. And so we've got to get these projects out the door before I leave. So I'm pretty excited to get them up online. Um, but Andy, are you going to be excited that I'm leaving for Alaska? Cause I'm going to be gone for three weeks. I have mixed feelings. <laughs> you have mixed feelings. Yeah. Like I'll miss you, but there are some things that I don't ever do that. I'm probably going to like get it all in while you're gone. I feel that you're gonna be like pretty good at first. You're gonna be getting a lot of stuff done. You're gonna do things that you've been wanting to do. It's by like day four or five, you're gonna be a wreck. <laughs> like <laughs> survivor. You're like survivor. Where's, how have I ever lived without Josh in the past? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna miss me so much. You don't think so? I do. You know, you're just staring at me. I felt like there was gonna be a response to that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. We're going to, or I'm going to, um, Sitka, Alaska. And I have a client there, Parker Guide Service. They've been a client of mine. They're actually one of my very first clients. I picked them up as a client when I was in college. And they hired me. I met them at Dallas Safari Club show. And I handed them a business card in like 2013 or something like that. And they ended up calling me like a week after the show and hiring me to take some old footage they had shot, kind of some home video stuff, and make a video, like a promo video for their business that they could have played at Safari Club shows in the future. And ended up doing a few of those for them over the years. And then in 2016, I actually went and spent three weeks with them in Alaska filming uh, brown and black bear hunts and putting together a really cool uh, four or five minute long, I think it was about five minute long video for them. Um, that kind of just talked about what all they did, what they offered, and showcased where they were. I mean, it was really cool. It was one of my, I feel like it was one of my first big projects. Like I had done big projects in the past, but it was the first project that I felt was kind of next level for me. Um, and looking back at that project, that was three years ago. I think I overdid a few things. I think I overdid slow motion and stuff a little bit, but the project itself was really good and the video was great. I was really happy with the result and I've been doing other work for them since then. and. It's been three years since I was there, so they're bringing me back um, next week. Only this time, I'm mainly there for photography. Um, they really need social media content. They've got a decent presence on Facebook and Instagram. And what's cool about their business is they see some really neat stuff in Southeast Alaska, really neat animals, 
really big old bears, like some of the bears that they harvest have no teeth left. And some of these pictures that they send me are just cell phone pictures. But when I post them on Instagram, they don't even have a huge following. But when I post on Instagram for them, because I help them out with that sometimes, they'll get like five or 600, even a thousand likes sometimes per photo, simply because their content's really interesting. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, just go to Instagram and put Parker underscore guide underscore service, and you'll see their company on Instagram. Um, and just be, I encourage you to go follow that because I'm going to be helping them run their Facebook and Instagram moving forward after this trip. And I'm basically going there. I'm spending three weeks to capture a ton of picture content for them so we can just market the heck out of them online for the next year and a half or so. And it's three days of being, or three weeks of being there. We ought to get a lot of content, but it's really cool. You fly in and and you stay on a yacht every night, and then during the day you go out on skiff boats and you kind of patrol the shorelines looking for different bears, and it's going to be a blast. It's a lot of fun hunting. Like I said, I've been there before, and so I'm really fired up to go back. It's a challenging project, though, in a sense that Alaska, if you know anything about Alaska, it's always raining, and keeping your gear dry is extremely tough. And so that's one of the things that I don't like about working in Southeast Alaska or Alaska in general. I've worked in other parts of Alaska. It's just the rain sucks, but it's just, there's not an ugly place to point the camera unless you point it at me. Um, but I was waiting. But, for uh, but uh, I was waiting for you to come and be like, no, but you're handsome. No, not on the podcast. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it and I can't wait to get there and knock that out. What are you going to do while I'm gone, Andy? Um, so we have an Etsy page where we sell our prints and um, specifically like the just really pretty ones from all over the world. I'll be working on that and probably putting up some new listings. So if y'all are interested in some uh, photography prints from like different places all over the world, then go ahead and check that out. It's, I yeah. think there's a link on, um, filming with Josh. Yeah, is there, there is there from, is. Yeah, a while ago, but we should okay. probably like... Yeah, we'll have to repost a link. On yeah, that. so we'll repost a link and yeah. I'll be working on that. We've only got six for sale at the moment, but we've got some other ones that we're going to be listing soon. We have a crap ton mm -hmm. of photographs. Basically, right now where we're selling, we've got a tiger and a lion that are just gorgeous shots that we got, or I got in South Africa a few years back. Um, we've got a really cool shot um, of this really windy road and... Colorado up near Wolf Creek Pass and then we've got we've got a really neat one we shot on the Gulf and then what was the other two um Denali is a, really a mountain picture yeah of Denali with uh the Denali like mountain area oh, in Denali Park another one like, is um cave paintings a cave painting in Alaska yeah that's right um so yeah we've got some really cool photographs for sale and we've got more that we're going to be listing soon too so we're pretty we'll get excited some home about. decor get some home decor um so you're gonna be working on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably catching up on our books too. Our, we've got a lot of works to to get caught up in our yeah. books for taxes and whatnot. This is your first year of ever running um, books for me, and so this is or for us now, I guess. Now that you're working, it's, I'm so used to saying me because <laughs> forever it was always just me doing all this. Mm -hmm. So it's just crazy. But I'm so glad that you're a part of this team because. There are a lot of things like the books that I just have made a mess out of over the years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but thankfully you're here to save the day. 
if if we disappear mysteriously, this is our like signed thing saying check out the IRS because they probably took us out. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's already hard enough because our business sometimes it's hard to believe it's a business because I mean we travel around the world and shoot photos and videos and mm-hmm. sometimes the IRS is like, are you really a business? <laughs> <laughs> But we really are, I promise. Um, our books may not reflect that, but we are. <laughs> yeah, they will. They will. They will. Well, I'm excited to go to Alaska. I plan on doing one more podcast before I leave that kind of talks a little bit more in depth about what I'm going to be doing there, the equipment I'm using, and whatnot. And I even think I'm going to do some podcasts while I'm in Alaska, hopefully with Bruce Parker with Parker Guide Service. He's a very interesting person and has a really unique business. And I really want to get his story out there. So I'm pretty excited to do that. Um, But it's been a while since we've done a podcast. I'm really glad that we were able to get this one out. If you have any questions about anything we talked about today, how we storyboarded any of these projects, um, how we shot any of these projects or anything like that, you can always shoot us a, a message on the Filming with Josh Facebook group. I love it when people ask questions publicly on there because um, I can come on and respond and answer it to the best of my abilities or find someone else who can answer it for you. And that way other people can see your question. And if they have the same question, well, maybe they'll find an answer as well. Um, But you can also send me an email at josh at rusticriver.media. And don't forget to visit our website at www.rusticriver.media to see some of our latest projects and our new Filming with Josh tab where we, where we will be posting all of our vlogs, blogs, and things like that in the podcast as well in the near future on that Filming with Josh page. So be sure to check that out when you get a chance. We're continuously working on that page or continuing to work on that page, and I can't wait until we have it all completely fixed up. But Andy, it was good chatting with you. You as well, Mr. <laughs> Milligan. Mrs. Milligan. Um, I appreciate you being part of the podcast. Everyone always loves it when you come on the show, so I'm super excited that we got to do this today. <laughs> Everyone always loves it that one time. <laughs> that one time. Well, if the amount of comments I got and personal messages yeah. I got about you being on the last podcast makes it feel like you should be on every Just single Just a lovable one. personality. Yeah, yeah. I'm the talker and you're the cute one. Oh, gosh. I feel like people are cringing right now. Yeah, they probably are. We should probably Sorry. go. Sorry. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Be sure to follow it. Um, if we didn't drive you crazy on this one and uh, be sure to rate it and let us know what you like or dislike about it. Thanks guys. Take care. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.